Welcome back to the Raise the Apple podcast. We got Steve Cohen's the new owner of the Mets. The Dodgers are world champs. It's time to get right into it. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the World Series quick. World Series wrapped up earlier this week. The Dodgers, finally, finally the Dodgers have gotten over the hump and are world champs. I never thought I'd see it just because, like I said before, they're like the Tampa Bay Lightning of MLB. They were supposed to win the past, like, five years it seems like and now they finally Tampa Bay finally gets their Stanley Cup this year the Dodgers finally get their World Series this year their first World Series title since 1988 Clayton Kershaw finally gets his ring but let's be honest everyone's saying oh well this solidifies Kershaw as the first ballot Hall of Famer uh in my eyes at least regardless if he has a ring or not Kershaw's still a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, if if you really think about it, rings, I think, in my personal opinion, in any athlete, in any sport, rings should not be a be something that you value players on. Like, for, take the NFL, for example. Everyone talks about how great Tom Brady is. Okay. And he's got six rings and all that. Okay. Well, Drew Brees is also arguably a top five, arguably a top five quarterback of all time. He has one ring. Brady is top five quarterback of all time, has six rings. But you have to take into account the teams that they're on. You know, Clayton Kershaw may only have one ring, but his individual performance speaks for itself. I mean, if you ask me, no ring at all. Kershaw 100% goes in the Hall of Fame without a ring. Also, I still think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the best left-handed pitcher of this generation and arguably one of the best pitchers currently in baseball. And anyone who says otherwise, I would love to hear your reasons. But <laughs> Kershaw, definitely, if any case, any, for any reason, someone was still hesitant on voting him in the Hall of Fame, they shouldn't have any reason now. But the Rays gave a great series. Uh, the wild, crazy game four was probably one of the best baseball games I've ever watched. Brett Phillips became a national icon with one swing of the bat. It went from zero to hero like that. But that ending was just absolutely nuts. And then the Dodgers clinch it up in game six. My prediction, as I said, I said Dodgers in six. I said if the Rays need, were going to win this series, it had to go all seven games. But it didn't need to. Dodgers were able to get it done in six. I would have liked to have seen a game seven just for the sake. The sports fan in me loves game seven. So seeing game seven would have been cool. But I'm all for uh, Dodgers winning in six. But I'm not all for Kevin Cash. Let me start by saying this. I love Kevin Cash. I love what he's done with the Rays with the opener style and quietly making them one of the best teams in baseball. Pulling Blake Snell, having a two-hit shutout. He's at what? I think it was 73 pitches. Why? The next three hitters were, I want to, I don't remember the exact order, but I believe it was Betts, Seager, and Turner. Or some way, shape like that were the next three hitters. They were 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts in that game. This was in the clincher in game 6. They were 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts. 
As soon as they take Snell out of the game, within five pitches, it goes from one nothing Rays, from Randy Rosarena dropping his 10th homer of the postseason. Now it's 2-1. Nick Anderson comes in within five pitches. It's 2-1 Dodgers. Just like that. I don't understand why Kevin Cash pulled the plug on Blake Snell. I hate, this is where I hate analytics. You know, I love, the, I like the analytics because I like the, what it brings to the game. But I also hate it because there's no managers really, I feel like, that are going on feel anymore. They're going based on the analytics. Oh, the analytics say that Blake Snell should have been taken out at this point and this point and this and that. But the gut instinct, if I'm the manager of the race, if Blake Snell's my best starter and I'm clinging to dear life in the World Series and he's pitching the way he's pitching in that game, I'm letting him go as long as I can. I don't care if he's at in the first inning or the ninth inning. If he's going as long if he's at got a two-hit shutout, 73 pitches I believe it was, I'm not taking him out. I I I don't know why he was taken out. I disagree with it 100%. And as, you know, you can't prove that, you know, if he kept him in, the Rays still win that game and force a game seven. You can't prove that. But I definitely like the Rays' chances in that game if uh, Blake Snell stays in there as long as he can. And then Mookie Betts puts the icing on the cake with a solo homer in the eighth. And right then and there. It was Mookie's like official statement, like, I'm a Dodger now. And Red Sox fans probably were crying themselves to sleep that night. But the Dodgers are world champs. I know I also said earlier in the summer, they're not whoever wins the World Series this year, I don't see him as a world champion because of the shortened season. I'm going back on that to an extent. I still will put an asterisk on this season, but only because it's... A COVID season. You know, I'll put in that, like 2017, asterisk, asterisk cheated. 2020, asterisk, COVID season. And not to discredit the Dodgers, but just to re- remember, like, hey, that, that was the COVID shortened season. Because let's be honest, if this is a 162 game season, the Dodgers are still World Series contenders and probably World Series favorites. I think we can, the entire baseball planet, I think, can agree that in a full season, the Dodgers are still the team to beat. You know, do they win the World Series? Who knows? In 162-game season this year, who knows? But they're still the favorites. They're still probably there, or at least making a deep run in October. I mean, it's not like the Marlins won the World Series, and it's like, oh, well, they shouldn't have won because they wouldn't have been there in a full 162-game season. No, it's... Now, I put the asterisks not to discredit the Dodgers, but just to say, hey, that was the shortened season. But congrats to the Dodgers and their fans. First World Series title since 1988. Uh, hopefully next year the Mets can uh, end their drought and have their first World Series since 1986. Which, speaking of the Mets, that's a nice little transition. Steve Cohen is now the owner of the New York Mets. It's finally happened. The Wilpons are, they're still there. I don't want to say no more because they still are there. Steve Cohen's purchase has been approved by a vote of 26 to 4 by major league teams. He needed 23 votes. He got 26. 
Uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred approved it. Bill de Blasio, this mayor of New York City, approved it. There was a little fiasco with that, which I'll briefly touch on in a sec. Cohen now owns 95% of the New York Mets. That last 5% will still be retained by the Wilpons. However, the Wilpons said they will not... um, I can't think of the right word. They're not going to interfere with Cohen. Cohen is going to be running the show, but the Wilpons are still there. Now, why I brought up de Blasio, uh, some, all of you have probably seen by now. So basically, a few years ago, Cohen's former company that he used to work for was involved in an insider trading scandal that ended up paying $1.8 billion in fines. And Cohen himself was not charged, but because it was his company was charged and pled guilty because of the lease agreement and all that with City Field being on New York City land. De Blasio's office could have vetoed it. There was rumors that they could have vetoed Cohen buying the Mets. But de Blasio announced shortly after the MLB owners approved that his office approves and Cohen can go ahead and purchase the Mets. And now the Mets have new owner, Sandy Alderson. If you don't remember him, former GM before Brody Van Wagenen. Uh, Sandy Alderson will be back as team president as Cohen announced. And I'm excited. Uh, Cohen, I think, will bring great things to the Mets. Obviously, a lot of financial, a lot more financial stability to work with. And I'm super excited to see what happens. I'm also interested to see what happens with Brody. I personally like Brody. I think he's great, a great GM. I don't know, though, if he's going to stay. Uh, I don't think he's gotten a fair shake just because... His, some of his moves have been weird. I will say that. Like trading Jordan Humphreys for Billy Hamilton, then ending up DFAing Billy Hamilton a few weeks later. You basically just gave the Giants an up-and-coming prospect for not just because. But I don't know if necessarily getting rid of Brody is the answer because I think Brody has the right ideas. He just needs more to work with and he also needs players to perform you know uh Brody can go out there and trade for Mike Trout Bryce Harper Mookie Betts but if they don't perform why is that that's not Brody's fault he brought he brought them in but if they don't you know do what they're supposed to do it doesn't make a difference you know he trades for Billy Hamilton Billy Hamilton doesn't steal 20 bags and score every single time he gets on base well, I mean, is it Brody's fault for acquiring him? Maybe, yeah. That's an argument I can understand being made. But that's Billy Hamilton's still got to do his job. You know, um, Brody or any GM. You know, Theo Epstein with the Cubs. He can bring in all the talent he wants or as little talent as he wants. But if the players on the field don't perform, it's I don't see how you can blame him. But, I mean, that's a topic for a different uh, day. Next week, I'll probably do a, we'll probably do like a Mets season review and like a preview episode of 2021 and kind of mix them together and talk about the Mets, uh, how they look this past year, what they're looking for going into next year. It should be a good one. We'll probably do that next week. But for the last little bit of today, you know, we talked about the Dodgers finally getting their World Series. 
Steve Cohen is now the new owner of the New York Mets. Uh, Sandy Alderson is coming back. And now it's time to do a little bit of MLB recap. Uh, the only really MLB recap today, uh, there's two things I want to talk about. Tony Larusa has been named the White Sox manager, new manager. And A.J. Hinch is back in baseball. He will be with the Detroit Tigers this upcoming year. They'll start with Tony Larusa. I personally like this move. Uh, Rick Renteria parted way, and the White Sox parted ways. A lot of people were saying that he lacked discipline. He didn't hold players accountable or discipline his players in the clubhouse, and that was part of the. Re- that were, these were rumors, you know, that that's part of the reason why they let him go. They go out there. A lot of people are thinking, "Oh, AJ Hinch is back in baseball. They're going to hire Hinch." This and that. They went with Tony Larusa. Those of you who don't know, Tony Larusa has been around baseball forever. He started his managerial career in the '70s with the White Sox. Then managed in Oakland for a little bit. Then he made his, in my opinion, made his mark as a manager with the Cardinals. Managed some very, very good Cardinals teams. He's got three World Series titles. He's got four Manager of the Year awards. Uh, he's a great pick, I think. You know, the biggest thing with Larusa, and he is a Hall of Famer too. You know, you don't get to be a Hall of Famer for doing nothing. Now, the thing with Larusa that's not really got me troubled, but got a lot of people troubled is Tony Larusa comes from a different era of baseball. Tony Larusa comes from a very professional old school style of baseball and a lot of people are worried oh well how's he going to fit in with the new school age of baseball with players showing more personality you know you got people making comments like oh as soon as Tim Anderson does one bat flip you'll see him on the bench the rest of the year well like you don't really you can't you don't know that you know Tony La Russa could very well he very well could not adjust though he could not adjust well to new school and he also but he also could adjust very well. You never know until you kind of play around with it. I almost feel like that Larusa is a placeholder for the next few years to try and get the White Sox to mature a little bit, and then they're going to bring in a guy that they want there for the long term. Uh, I again, I don't know. That's my th- personal theory. But I think Larusa, in his experience is a great addition to a young White Sox team. I think he brings a lot to the table. And the White Sox are going to be around for a long time. You know, their farm system is still stacked. So his experience, what he's been what he's seen in baseball paired with the new and young Chicago White Sox, I think Larusa is a great fit there. I am interested to see how he does adjust to the new school stuff with like the bat flips and uh, flashy player showing personalities, but we'll see how that all turns out. On the flip side, in the same division, uh, the Detroit Tigers, Rod Gardenhire retires. A.J. Hinch, formerly of the Houston Astros, is back in baseball. I think Hinch, again, I think that's a great pick for the Tigers. You know, Hinch managed very briefly in Arizona, then spent five years in Houston where he went to the playoffs all but one of those years. He's got a World Series, questionable World Series title in 2017. But uh, what I um, I got from ESPN is that within 30 minutes of the final out of the World Series, 
the Tigers were calling A.J. Hinch. So now that his se- his season-long suspension is over, he wanted to get everyone knew he wanted to manage again, but no one really knew if a team was going to hire him because of the Houston Astros sign-stealing stuff. But the Tigers went out there. They bring in Hinch. I think Hinch is perfect for Detroit. Uh, they got a young. They're not, you know, they're not gonna win within the next like three or four years in my, or at least win a World Series. But I definitely starting to see some light. You know, the Tigers starting to turn things around a little bit. And I think Hinch is a great. He's a younger manager in terms of how long he's managed. He hasn't been around that long. So I think him with this new-ish Tigers team and some of their up-and-coming guys like Casey Mize and uh, Spencer Torkelson, I think they got some great options in the future, and I definitely like A.J. Hinch's fit there. I think uh, back in, people will forgive and forget. They'll forget about, well, they won't forget about that, but, uh, you know, when he goes to Houston, he'll get probably a standing ovation. If he goes anywhere else, he'll probably get booed. And that's, you know, he, the his role was, there was never confirmed that, like, he had a specific role in it, but he himself said he did not do anything to stop it, which is why, he, which is part of why he got in trouble. But now with A.J. Hinch back in baseball, it also makes you wonder if uh, Alex Cora will be back soon. A lot of people are saying that Alex Cora is going to come back and manage the Red Sox again. Who knows? You know, we don't know what's going to happen with that. If A.J. Hinch is back in baseball, though, back with the team, I fully anticipate that Alex Cora will be following suit shortly. But that's pretty much it for this episode. We uh, talked about the Dodgers winning, talked about why Kevin Cash, well, we don't know why Kevin Cash decided to pull Blake Snell. Steve Cohn is the new owner of the Mets. Tony La Russa is back in baseball. A.J. Hinch is back in baseball. Alex Cora, I feel like, is shortly right behind him with the Red Sox manager still open. And free agency starting up. So hopefully this week free agency will pick up Qualifying offers will be sent out. Uh, I'm interested to see where guys like Trevor Bauer, or Marcus Stroman, Justin Turner, guys like that end up. If they stay with their teams or they end up going somewhere else. It should be an exciting offseason. Uh, next week we're going to do a recap of the Mets 2020 season and a preview for the 2021 season. What they should do in the offseason and kind of where they stand now and where things are looking going into the future. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Raise the Apple Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe here on YouTube. New episodes, hopefully we're going to try and have them weekly. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at RTA underscore pod. Uh, Trying to be more active on there as well. Also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to leave them down below. Always looking for feedback. Uh, constructive criticism, feedback, all that good stuff. And make sure you're spreading the word and helping us grow to be the best that we can for you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We'll be back next week and hope to see you guys there. Let's go Mets.